listening to a Sharesies podcast. It's Wednesday, the 23rd of February. You are listening to Recap, brought to you by Sharesies. Sharesies is a wealth development platform where our purpose is to create financial empowerment for everyone. Here's the disclaimer. Investing involves risk. You aren't guaranteed to make money and you might lose the money you started with. Any information we provide is general only and current at the time. If you're looking for help with your investment choices, we recommend talking to a licensed financial advice provider. G'day there, Alice. Hey, Jose. How's it going? Really well, thanks. How are you? I'm great. I don't know. I'm good, but I'm pooped because there's been a lot happening today. (laughs) Like a lot of the news, a lot of results, a lot of everything. Heaps of stuff, yeah. Yeah, uh, so we should just get into get into the re- episode of recap today, but just quickly, quick rooster update. Um, we've uh, taught my dog rooster to shake hands, so Amazing. that's pretty cute. Or shake paws, I suppose. That's pretty cute. Um, quick, quick question: Do you say shake hands or shake paws when you're, you know, shaking hands or paws with a dog? When I'm, I, I just say shake hands. Yeah. You know. Like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna stoop down to his level, <laughs> you know. I'm not gonna give him anything. Okay, <laughs> yeah. all right. <laughs> but as I said before, there's been so much to talk about, uh, uh, particularly about Russia and Ukraine. They've been in the news lately, as I'm sure you're all aware. This has been creating some uncertainty in markets around the world, like in the US, and it's all been a bit bumpy, really. Uh, Alice, what's been going on? Yeah, you're right. Um, There were some developments yesterday and overnight with the situation between Russia and Ukraine, uh, with tensions rising more and an invasion of Ukraine looking uh, sort of more imminent. In response, a number of countries, including the US, have imposed sanctions on Russia. Now, economic sanctions are financial penalties that are imposed by sort of one or more countries against another. Um, And sort of according to the Ministry of Foreign Affairs and Trade, uh, sanctions are used apply pressure to countries that threaten peace or don't cooperate with international law. And on Friday on Recap, I chatted to David, the chief economist of BetaShares, who basically said that it's the uncertainty of the situation that's causing the markets to jump around a bit. Is that right? Uh, yeah, so like generally investors don't like uncertainty. And we have seen the S&P 500 and the US move downwards over the past sort of two weeks, uh, adding to some of those losses experienced earlier in the year. But what actually are stock markets uncertain about? Uh, well, there are a few factors at play and notwithstanding, you know, the potential conflict and what that could mean for that particular area of the world and the people impacted by it. But uh, other parts of the world, uh, in other parts of the world, a lot of the uncertainty and risk is actually due to quite indirect effects. Now, I was reading up um, sort of about all of all of the Russia-Ukraine stuff today, uh, but but I saw this sort of most clearly put by JP Morgan, um, the, the global investment bank, and it said, you know, US companies have low direct exposure to Russia and Ukraine and the earnings risks for US businesses is low but indirect risks are potentially more substantial. Uh, these could include like slower economic growth uh, and cons- consumer spending due to higher oil and food prices uh, or negative second order effects through Europe uh, like supply chain disruptions uh, and even cybersecurity risks. Right. Is like all of the stuff I've been seeing about oil and gas? Yeah, exactly. So Russia is the third um, largest 
uh, oil producer in the world. It's also a key supplier of natural gas to Europe, which keeps you know the heaters and lights on for millions of people across Europe, particularly in the winter. Uh, there's concerns that with tensions brewing with Russia, this could threaten the supply of oil and gas to the rest of the world. Uh, now, in economics, with supply and demand, what you would expect if supply is reduced is for prices to rise. In fact, just the expectations of this happening has already started to push oil and gas prices higher. I see, and prices rising sounds just like inflation, which is something that we've talked about on Recap quite a lot this year. Is that related to it? Yeah, as you mentioned, uh, inflation, uh, it's the general rising of prices, and that's been a hot topic this year. Inflation in the US, as, as well as in other parts of the world, like here in New Zealand, has been running high as a result of the pandemic. Uh, as a result, central banks have started to raise interest rates to tackle this inflation. In the US, it's been widely expected that the Fed will start to raise interest rates in March. And how does this Russia-Ukraine situation change? all that uh, well, as I was reading in a CNBC article today, uh, if the situation escalates with Russia and Ukraine, it makes the outlook for what the Federal Reserve will do less clear. So a jump in oil prices could you know, drive inflation higher and dampen economic growth. So on one hand, you've got that inflation, which adds to the argument for rising interest rates to tackle inflation, but that threat to economic growth could actually slow the Fed from rising rates. Uh, so as you can see, it's just adding to the uncertainty in the market and you know we we could see markets be a bit bumpy as this plays out thank you very much for that update alice like everyone our faces are glued to our phones at the moment watching how that will pan out but let's unpeel our faces now and turn towards home as earnings season continues one of the many companies reporting their financials this week uh, was steel and tube holdings limited Today they announced what is a record net profit and earnings well up from the same period last year. And steel and tube are suppliers of steel products, uh, mainly to the construction industry, right? That is correct. They also distribute uh, steel fastenings like screws, bolts and the like, as well as making and selling steel composite flooring, which is used in a number of different industries. Okay, and you said the company reported a record net profit? Yeah, Steel and Tube said that net profit was up from uh, 4.1 to 14.3 million dollars. That's compared to the same six-month period a year ago. Earnings before tax and interest came in at 22.6 million. Again, uh, that was up from 8.5 million, and revenue was up 25% to 282.2 million dollars. The CEO Mark Malpass says that the company has completed a significant turnaround, and that is down to three factors. We've got a structurally lower cost base. We are also the most diversified uh, steel provider in New Zealand with a very wide breadth of product. And so we're not unduly reliant on any one sector. Uh, our size and scale and long-standing relationships with you know, suppliers provides us with a unique um, sort of buying power and also stability in the market. Um, and our investment into digital and other strategic um, initiatives is really starting to provide value across the business. On top of that, demand in the residential, commercial and infrastructure construction sectors has strengthened as well as growth in manufacturing. Uh, but on the other hand, managing supply has been challenging. Overseas demand has been siphoning off the world's steel inventory, uh, particularly as the biggest steel exporter China curbs its production to meet environmental goals. 
And did Steel and Tube offer up any guidance for the next six months? Uh, no, they didn't. Malpass says the uh, Omicron situation makes it difficult to forecast with any certainty. We expect it'll peak in probably three or four weeks' time and, and, and there'll be a period there of, of disruption. But other than Omicron, we're seeing very strong demand um, and it is a sort of a long-term structural play. Um, and then we think residential will sort of have some impacts, those interest rates and supply demand balance are coming into into more balance will mean less residential, but for us, because we're exposed to those other sectors, we see demand being very strong. Still and Tube also confirmed an interim dividend of 5.5 cents per share. Uh, that is an increase from the 1.2 cents offered in the same period last year. Thanks, Jose. And Spark has also released its half-year results today, uh, lifting most of its key metrics. Spark, of course, was formerly known as Telecom, which uh, makes me feel very old. It's one of the biggest companies listed on the New Zealand Stock Exchange. It provides fixed telephone and mobile phone services, as well as internet access. And as we heard last week when Sky bought back uh, those football rights, it also has moved into streaming sport through its Spark Sports service. But Alice, can you crunch the numbers released today for us? Sure thing. So Spark improved its net profit from the same period a year ago by 20%, uh, up to $179 million. Then revenue also grew from $1.79 to $1.89 billion. Uh, and underlying profit pushed past uh, sorry, $502 million to $538 million. Uh, underlying profit, by the way, is often used by companies to sort of show what they believe is a better reflection of how much uh, money it made from like its core operations operations or wallets like in business to do uh, is usually arrived at by excluding one-off or sort of unusual costs that don't occur regularly. And what was driving those results? Spark pointed to growth in its mobile services business uh, as making up part of the story. Earnings from mobile rose 5% to $441 million. Uh, revenue from its cloud computing and other IT security services grew uh, by 3.2%, although that was lower than expected. Spark CEO Jolie Hodson said the shift towards public cloud computing had put pressure on pricing and COVID-19 restrictions had dampened down-site visits by clients. And how does Spark see the next six months panning out? The company believes it'll be able to reach a target of at least 15,000 new wireless broadband customers. Uh, that goal has been revised from last year when Spark failed to meet its goal of 40,000. Uh, broadband sales fell 4% for the half year in a heavily competitive sector. But ultimately, Spark repeated its full year profit uh, is expected to be between $1.13 and $1.16 billion. Uh, although Spark said today it'll likely be at the top end of that range. Right. And were there any other nuggets? from the results? Yeah, there was one more thing. Spark said it's going to create a new subsidiary called Spark Tower Co. Another new company would hold and maintain its 1,500 passive mobile sites. Uh, now, a few like me are wondering what these things are. Um, these are like the smaller mobile towers that are usually found uh, on buildings or light poles. Um, so Spark's currently looking for investors and saying that splitting uh, those assets out will make them more efficient to maintain. And just a final quick update from me, the Reserve Bank of New Zealand had its latest um, meeting today about the official cash rate. The 
RBNZ decided to raise the OCR 0.25%, so it now sits at 1%. Uh, Now, this is the third raise in a row, and it was widely anticipated by economists. Now, the official cash rate, as we have talked before on Recap, um, basically influences the interest rates that banks offer to businesses and consumers. Um, At the time of recording, the NZX50 was sitting almost unchanged for the day, sitting up 0.1%. And that was recap for the 23rd of February. Thanks so much for listening. It'd be a right help if you gave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Our email is recap at sharesies.co.nz. And you can also leave a voice message. There is a link in the episode description. Matewa. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye.